Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Charles Benton Building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark, with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, the alligator people. Well, hey everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey Phyllis. Hey Rob. Here we are, episode 99. How about that? We're almost at 100. Wow. I know. Maybe we ought to do something special for episode 100. Maybe we ought to. I thought about doing a, doing a clip show, but that'll take a lot of editing on your part, going back through all the episodes and pulling a couple minutes here and there. Might be kind of cool, though. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just get together with Tony, since he and I did the first one, and we'll uh, do something do something special. Maybe. We'll see. That'll be a surprise. But tonight, we're talking about the alligator people. Oh, you know, before we get into that, though, we just got back from Monster Bash up in Mars, Mars PA. Try to use English this time. Yeah, that'd be good. And, <laughs> and we had a ball. This is our third time going to it. And if you like classic monsters and classic horror, and if you don't, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> uh, do yourself a favor and get up to this convention sometime. Ron and uh, his crew up there put on a really good show. And, uh, man, it's got great dealer's room, you know, fun classic horror guests, and a lot of cool stuff going on, and just good people there. Indeed. It you was know, a lot of fun, good time. Yeah. And we always make some new friends, meet some new people, and it's cool to you know, be able to visit with the ones we made the previous year or two and hang out and have a good time. So Indeed. Definitely check that out if you get a chance. But once again, tonight... The alligator people. <laughs> Look at that. Two tangents already and we just started. <laughs> yeah, this movie gets a bum rap a lot of times. With a name like alligator people, how can it get anything bum? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's... It's fabulous already. Yeah. You, why wouldn't you want to see something called the alligator, alligator people? Alligator people sounds awesome. With Lon Chaney Jr. I right? mean, you know, that alone. How can we go in. wrong? But it does get a bum rap as being super cheesy. And, you know, mainly I think that's because that the alligator monster, the suit you see at the end of the movie, it is a little cheesy looking. Yeah. <laughs> but going back and watching. Well, mostly it's the it's the body part yeah. that's a little cheesy. Going back and watching it again recently like we did, you look at the head, it, it, it's, it's a it's little a weird because it's, it's huge. It is really big. You know, kind of like the return of the fly head is huge. Yeah. But it has a little charm to it. You know, it's yeah. like a hydrocephalic gorn or something, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's really not that bad. It right. looks like an alligator. It does. You know? And you only see that particular piece for... Right at the very end. I there, mean, for a, just a few minutes a minute. at the end, yeah. yeah. But what it, what hurts it is the, the chest piece. Yeah. On the front, the back looks great with yeah. the, the bumps like the back of an alligator. I thought it looked really good. Yeah, it did. But the front, you see the wrinkles like under a the arms and across, and, and across the chest and yeah. the torso. It makes it look like he's wearing a wetsuit. Right. That's what really hurts it. Yeah, it does give it a weird look. And, you know, thinking about it, I think that's probably what really hurts this movie the most is that, the look. Because it's really not a bad movie. And it's the same thing I said with the movie The Vampire that we did a podcast on a little while back. Mm -hmm. That's really a good movie for that era, this 50s era. Yeah. And I had never seen it before until we watched it, you know, recently. Yeah. 
And I don't know why you never hear about it, because it's really well made. It's really good. But the monster sucks. Yeah. Well, alligator Which people. is the selling point of these movies, is you've got to have a cool-looking <laughs> monster. monster. Yeah, I mean, really, you think about it. Think you about do. the ones that... Creature from Black Lagoon. Awesome monster. Is one of the best suit monsters ever, ever. to this day. Yeah. It still looks fantastic. And people love that that movie. Yeah, true. You know? And... Well, Alligator People at least is a little more well known than Vampire. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, um, it gets picked apart mainly because of the the stiff, the, yeah, the, you know, monster the suit, at the end. Right. The thing that hurts it is also keeps it what's, you know, has made it well known. Right. But in spite of that, it's actually an you know a bad little movie. We just watched it on Blu-ray recently, mm-hmm. which I'd never seen it on Blu-ray. Uh, I've always had it on uh, DVD, right? Copy. That copy's not bad, but the Blu-ray, of course, is always a little sharper, mm-hmm. you know, and nicer looking. Well, I hadn't seen the DVD in quite a while, but the Blu-ray was beautiful, of yeah. course. And let's go back. We'll talk about the plot a little bit. Okay. We haven't done the cast yet either. Oh, well, we'll talk about the cast first then. How about that? <laughs> right off the bat, you got Chaney Jr. Right. Of course, I'll watch him read the phone book. I don't care what the movie is. I'll watch Chaney do anything. Even though he's a bit of a bastard in this. Oh, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he's a he's a kind of a... A little bit of a son of a bitch in this. A little bit of a But he plays it best. great, though. He does. Yeah, yeah, underrated actor, in my opinion. Oh, well, I'll stand yeah, by that. Of course. You know, anybody. Uh, Beverly Garland. Mm-hmm. Lovely Beautiful. lady. Had got to meet her one time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really get to spend any time with her. This was in the Williamsburg Festival many years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I did get to ask her briefly in passing, you know, how was it to work with Chaney? And she oh, said, yeah. she said he was a lovely man, always really nice to her. Okay. That's all I got from her about Cheney. Yeah. But she was, uh, my, my folks really liked her a lot. Okay. Uh, let's see, who else do we have in this? Oh, George McCready, mm-hmm. who was in uh, tons of stuff. Well, all the people in the cast were all over television in the 60s and the 70s. All over the place. Oh, let me go back to Beverly just a minute. For our purposes, uh, stuff that she was in, mm-hmm. It Conquered the World, mm-hmm. Not of This Earth. Mm-hmm. She was on the Apes TV series. She did uh-huh. an episode of that. And actually, I think I've got an autographed picture of her from that. And, of course, that comic book of the world. But she was also in one other movie, Roller Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Beverly Garland was in Roller Boogie. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes. Uh, but back to George McCready, though. Tons of stuff. Least of which, uh, Gilda, mm-hmm. The Great Race, Tora, Tora, Tora. But for my money, and the only other reason I'd be interested in uh, George McCready... <laughs> He was the narrator in Count Yorga Vampire. Yay! <laughs> One of your favorites. Of course. Which you have we... so many, though. Oh, yeah. But Yorga. Yeah. That's why I can never get any tattoos, because I love so much stuff, I'd be I'd have to go to the circus. You would. You know, in the sideshow as the tattooed man, because I'd be you know, just covered from head to toe. <laughs> Frida Enniscourt, who was the the matron of the, the mansion there. Right. She... Paul's mom, right? Paul's mom, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was in She Creature, which mm-hmm. is one we need to get a good copy of so we can watch so sometime. I can watch it, yeah. And Return of the Vampire. Ah. With Lugosi. Okay. And then Richard Crane was the lead, was Paul. Mm-hmm. And the only thing he did other that would probably be of interest, I mean, he was tons of TV and, and cowboy movies and things like that in the 60s and 70s and all that. But uh, Mysterious Island. Okay. He was in that. Uh, he didn't do any other genre-related stuff that I could find, mm-hmm. and I could be wrong, and if I am, 
somebody call me out on it, you know. Well, I will tell you I that love learning the, new stuff. The the weakest link in this movie to me really was Paul. Yeah, well he he really didn't have a whole lot to do. He didn't have a lot to do, and I'm not saying he was bad. I just I don't know. I I did not He cannot play a tortured soul like Cheney can. He cannot. You you know what? <laughs> and maybe that's the problem. Cheney was on screen enough that that I felt more for Cheney, the bastard, than I yeah, did for and Paul. And not playing a, a sympathetic role at all, unlike a Wolfman. Right. Which this is what this kind of was. Yeah. You know, his character, Paul's character should have been more like that. Yeah. You know? I mean, I felt, I felt some sympathy for Paul's character, but I felt way more sympathy for Beverly Garland. Beverly Garland. Yeah. yeah, of course. Now, the coolest thing about this movie, the odd thing about it, is that it, the way it starts off differently than a lot of yeah. movies. It starts off modern- well, not modern day, but present day. Present day, yeah. and is told the movie's told in flashback. Yeah, which some movies movies have done that before, but in typical fifties, uh, this was actually nineteen fifty nine. Right, when this came out. Yeah, for fifty nine, it wasn't as common as it is now. Yeah, and especially a genre movie like right. a, you know a B horror picture. You yeah, know. yeah. Usually, they're straightforward. Let's get going. Yeah, but this one starts out with these two doctors talking in an office, and they're talking about this psychiatrist or psychiatrist. something, right? Yeah, and talking about this new nurse mm-hmm. at the facility, and I forget why he knows that what he said about why he knows what's up with her. But anyway, they bring her in and they give her this, a. He wants to say, well, let's you know, let me show you what I'm talking about or whatever. They give her a dose of sodium pentothal, and of course she. Her, she's aware of this. Yeah. <laughs> they don't just stick her while she's walking. Yeah, no, by. she she's a willing participant. Yeah. And she lays down and you know, and she counts backwards from twenty, nineteen, eight and she's done. Yeah. And <laughs> and he starts asking her questions and she relates the story. Yes. And of course, you know, fade. <laughs> and it goes to uh the newlywed couple, Paul and Beverly Garland, I can't remember her character's name, on a train. I guess they're where are they going? They're not going back to his parents. No, anyway, I they're think on they're their, on honeymoon. their honeymoon. I don't know where they were headed, but they're yeah, on their honeymoon. That doesn't matter where they're going. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. And then he, they're opening up their... Telegram. Mail. Yeah, telegrams. Congratulations on the wedding. Blah, 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 blah. You know. And then he opens one and he just all of a sudden gets stone-faced and serious and doesn't even really say anything to her. He just gets up and walks out. Yeah. Which is odd. You yeah, know. they get to a they get to a stop. The train stops at a place just to pick up mail or something. And he's, he asks, "Is there a phone there? Is there a phone?" And the guy says, "Yeah, but it's not, we're only going to stop for thirty seconds." Yeah, and he gets off and does not get back on yeah. the train. And she's and, banging on the window yeah. like, "Oh, Paul, Paul!" And the train takes off and she's frantic. And then and she goes trying to find him on a quest. And we flash forward a couple of months. She's trying to look for him and can't yeah, find him anywhere. it may have even been more than that more yeah. like a year or something i can't remember it wasn't like years no, but it was, it was just a few months was it a few months yeah, okay. i think that's what it said i can't remember she ends up tracking him down through his college fraternity i think yeah to where his home was where he came from so she goes there in hopes of finding some maybe he went back there or does anybody know anything right <laughs> this is one of the goofy things in the movie i think she stops at the platform and oh, yeah. Cheney pulls up in this truck and he, you know, he doesn't seem real creepy. He seems just pretty helpful at this point. Not yeah. real creepy. He's just a Bayou guy. And, you yeah. Know, well, you can tell he's swarthy. He's maybe he's he's <laughs> a little smarmy and he's maybe a little overly friendly, but he's not 
not a bad guy yet. No, no. He doesn't he doesn't get overly friendly <laughs> no, at not, this point. No, not that point. But she asked if he knows anything about the cypresses. That's yes. the name of the, the plantation. plantation. Well, it's written on the side of the truck he just pulled up on that the side of the truck is facing her. But you know, it, but she asked him and he doesn't say have you seen the truck? You know? Yeah. Or yes, I'm going but there. He, he, doesn't, he, doesn't he say, I don't know anything or I'm not sure or something like that? It's like, it's on your truck, dude. You know? Yeah. Well, he just he just says, I can take you there or or I know the place or something like that. Yeah. And she sits down on that crate that's marked with uh, radioactive material, yeah. which cracked me up. <laughs> One lone box just sitting in the middle of this train deliver- platform. It was a deliver. It, it got was. off the train, yeah. Right, but it cracked me up because there's this one crate yeah. in the middle of this empty platform and her, and it's the crate marked radioactive material. Like they decides, would just drop it there for yeah, no apparent She decides that's a good place to cop a squat. <laughs> and she just sits on it. <laughs> yeah, if I see this in a train platform, I'm not going to sit there, I think. I'm going to sit way over yeah. there. <laughs> as far from it as I can get. Yeah. So anyway, so he he drops her off at the at the plantation house, yes. and of course everybody denies that any knowledge of Paul, right? And the mother has a last name different from Paul's last name because apparently she remarried. Yeah, but we don't know. But that we yet. don't know that yet. We, the audience, are pretty sure that she's his mom. <laughs> but, yeah, but it hasn't been stated yet. Yeah, uh, they let her stay the night because the tr- there's no train out till the next morning. Yeah. And I can't remember. She doesn't see him that night, does she? She does. Yeah, he comes it's that in. Night. He comes in that night to play the piano or something. Yeah, we don't know where he's staying. Who unless knows? Unless it's at the doctor's. It could be bungalow across the swamp there. Yeah, but she she gets a glimpse of him. Yeah, and well, she then, hears the piano playing. She goes yeah. downstairs and she sees like his back and a silhouette side. And he runs out the door. Right. And she goes over she to where chases the him door. into the bayou. No, she didn't chase him. Yeah, not the first time. Not the first. I don't time? think so. She she may chase him a little bit, but she sees these wet footprints. Oh, that's right. That's that, right. That are not human shaped footprints. There's so much chasing. I can't remember yeah. which ones win. Yeah, she does chase him a couple times. So watch the movie. You'll see that when that happens. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yes. The next day, right. anyway, she ends up talking to the mother she again, talking to her. the doctor, and they're still. Nope, 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 nope. And they're trying to convince her, oh, you're you know, you're just seeing things, you're hysterical, yada, yada, yada. Oh, she says, I'm not leaving until I find out the truth. That's why she stays again. And Eventually it comes out. Eventually it all comes out and she sees him. And this first makeup he's got isn't too bad. It's just he's got like alligator-like scale. Yeah, just on, on his, his face. And, and his, his hands. hands. Yeah. Which looks like that skin condition. Well, you, when you see the alligator man in circus sideshows, yeah. it looks kind of like that. Right. And that's not that bad. Oh, and speaking of makeup, the makeup, the alligator head, all the alligator makeup, um, was Ben Nye. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Ben Nye. Yep. If you've done any theatrical work at all, you've used Ben Nye makeup, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, and Dick Smith. Right. The legendary Dick Smith. Now, you're going, Dick Smith, that big-ass alligator head. <laughs> Come on, Dick Smith is better than that. Well, this is one of his first jobs, and, and his, his first, I do believe, into a horror type movie. Okay. All this stuff was pretty much straight type makeup before uh-huh. this. Uh, now, Dick Smith, if you don't know anything he's done, uh, if you've never heard his name, shame on you. But if you'd like to see some of his work, he's done a couple little movies that uh, like, oh, I don't know, uh, one called The Godfather, another one called The Exorcist. 
taxi driver. Just a couple things. Yeah, little big man. <laughs> the old age makeup on Dustin Hoffman. Amazing in that. House of Dark Shadows. Mm-hmm. And one that we talked about recently, The Sentinel. So Dick Smith's been around. Dick Smith was a guy that Savini and Rick Baker say, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. He was their go-to guy. You know, and amazing, amazing talent. So it's kind of cool to see his name pop up in the credits on this. Real early work. But back to the plot. And then as things happen, or as they do in these movies, the bad guy does something dumb. (laughs) Of course. And causes uh, the downfall or causes bad stuff to happen. And just when it looks like Paul was going to maybe possibly get a cure for his condition, Mm -hmm. Chaney comes in a wreck shop. And I'm not going to go into details about the Oh, but you, you have skipped on. past the, the best line of the entire movie. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, God. Let me go back a little bit. Yeah. One of the times where she's chasing him, I got distracted by Dick Smith and the makeup. I know. I know you did. And all I could think of was the end of the movie. Yeah. When she's chasing One him. One of the chase scenes. She's chasing him out in the swamp and it's raining and she gets lost in the swamp and she's yelling and screaming. I don't know if she gets caught in some quicksand or what. She trips over a couple alligators and yeah. nearly gets bitten by a, a moccasin. Yeah, and Chaney finds her. Yes. And it looks like he's doing the, uh, being a good guy. He put, wraps a poncho around her and says, you know, I'll get you back, gets her back to his cabin and and gives her tries to give her something to drink. And then it says, well, you're going to catch a death of, clo- death of cold in those cl- wet clothes. You should take them off, let them dry out. Yeah. And she says, no, I'm okay. She says, Go ahead and take those clothes off. <laughs> and, and then we're like, Terrible. oh, Cheney. Yeah. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. So he gets he gets a little handsy and he tries proceeds to, to try uh, to have his way with her. And the alligator yeah. man breaks in and they they uh, have a bit of a struggle. Indeed. And it's not really easy for the alligator man because Cheney's a strong man. Indeed. <laughs> they throw each other around and he picks the girl up every knocks Cheney out pretty much and carries her out. And then. Chaney comes to, goes over to the door and yells the line, I'll kill you, alligator man! But that's the, that's the line. If anybody remembers anything about this movie, they remember that him yelling that yes. line. Yes. We and were you watching, will too from now on. Yeah, we were watching this with <laughs> Kim and Tony, and Kim, after, after he yelled it, Kim clapped, and she said, now I know where the line comes from, because she's heard us. Or I get, I haven't actually quoted that myself, but she's heard Rob and Tony quote that so many times. I'm going to get you on the get man. <laughs> She'd never seen the movie, so it was pretty funny. It was cool to see it again. And like I said, seeing these, a lot of these movies on Blu-ray restored, a lot of times, I can't recall th- this one being that much different than the DVD, unlike Invasion of the B-Girls was like watching a new movie. But a lot of times it, you watch a, this cleaned up print. And it is like watching a new movie mm-hmm. uh, or seeing it for the first time sometimes. So yeah. I would highly recommend if you want to check this out. I mean, you know, it's, I, I don't know how much it was. It can't be more than 20 bucks for I the Blu-ray. No Probably cheaper than that. Go ahead and spring for that and get it. If you don't feel like that, get the DVD. It's good. You know, it's still good quality. I think it's the MGM label. Yeah. Uh, it may be available streaming. I yeah. And it might, it might be on YouTube, but, you know, check it out. But before I get into that message again, that's what I say at the end of the podcast. A <laughs> <laughs> couple things about this. It was a $300,000 budget. Wow. Which doesn't cover catering on movies these days. That's always your example. It is. Because, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, this was cheaper. The movie, the, make the whole movie was cheaper than the food they eat in movies nowadays. <laughs> uh, than their lunch was, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was made, uh, of course, it was uh, 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. And it was produced to be... They needed a a second a beef picture 
to put out with Return of the Fly. Okay. And that's why this was made. Oh. Yeah. Because they used to do that a lot in the 50s and in the 60s is, you know, double bills. Mm-hmm. And it was just more profitable that way. At that time, it was anyway. Well, at least this one, you know, kind of kind of fit. Turning into a fly, turning into an yeah, alligator. It was a good. It was a good pairing, you know. Some of the pairings they do just didn't make any sense at all. But this one, kind yeah. Of Talking about going back to the cast a little bit, Frida Innescourt mm-hmm. apparently had MS or was onset multiple sclerosis oh. while this was filming, and Is that's that why, why she had the cane. With the cane, I thought it was and just part of her stiff. character. I thought it was part of her character too. Apparently, it was really wow. her. So okay. they just kind of incorporated that rigidness of her huh. you know, into the character's makeup. Well, it you know? worked. Worked for oh, her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it worked like, you know, it worked like a champ. It just, yeah, it yeah. added a lot to her character, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, some of, the <laughs> some of the wrong science in this. Oh, yeah, well, there's always a lot Yeah, that uh, we have here. One of the things the, the scientist says is, um, uh, I guess, I think it's McCready says it, that sun rays uh, have a strong depressing effect on reptile. So that's one of the things they, you know, use. Depressing, is that what you said? Depressing said? effect oh. on reptiles. You know, it slows them down, all that, which is the exact opposite. It's not true, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the exact opposite. Right. They, you know, reptiles are cold-blooded creatures, so the sun re- hitting them in the morning gets them, gets them going. helps them get moving and stuff, too, you know. So yep. That was just a funny little bit. <laughs> funny that you actually brought that up, because I remember thinking that when they said it, and I was like... Well, that's not what I know, but then I just you know <laughs> let it go, obviously, because I was watching the movie. But yeah, I can't say it's my favorite Janie picture. Oh well, no. uh, and you know and the thing is, he's not even the star; he's a side player in this. But he's what everybody remembers, you know. He's very memorable in this, and not because he's the total bastard, though he does play quite the bastard. But yeah. he's just really good. I mean, Janie's always a memorable character. Oh yeah, on yeah. But he pulls off. This is a small little part. It's got it got a little bit of meat to it, and he he doesn't overdo it. No, you know he plays it just what ne- what needs to be done. Yeah, and he does make you. At first, you're not sure, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, he's a little sleazy, and then you're like, oh, he's really slimy. Yeah, and at the end, it's like, oh man, he's a total bastard. He's just gonna you know kill this guy. Yeah, and uh, which doesn't really happen. Spoilers, does not. Oh, oh! Here's another thing I find out when researching. This is interesting. Hmm. Uh, in the early '80s, Fox produced, but never released, a video game oh, called yeah. The Alligator People, loosely based uh, on the movie, very loosely based on the movie. I think it was supposed to be for uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred or something. Oh my goodness! It was never released, but there are, or a prototype of it has surfaced. Not long ago, or a, a while back, anyway. So it's out there somewhere. You've got to tell Tony. Oh yeah, yeah, he'll find it, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll play it. <laughs> That's just insane. Yeah, I mean, imagine that. Of all the movies, of That's all. That's what I was just thinking. Of all the fifties, the movies out there. This yeah, one. Yeah, all the fifties. If you, if you, somebody said, "I want to take a fifties sci-fi horror movie, make a video game," if that was the goal. I would never have. This is what they picked, people. really. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny too that they. I don't know why saying that made me think of this. They, the movie title is Alligator People. You really only deal with Alligator Man. Well, though you do see one or two other in, in the, of the people in the when the doctor lab. talks to them. Yeah, you see them in the lab, and one of them dies. Yes. 
So yeah. they are there, but there's only one that's actually really active. Yeah. I mean, you know that there are other ones because you, you see. Um, and he says about other subjects that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and he takes he takes Beverly Garland's character in to see one of them to see what's happening before yeah. he says this is what's happening to Paul. Yeah. You know, but so, you know, it's happening, but they don't really go into it anymore after he says, yeah, this is yeah. happening to them. It's definitely a must-see if you've never seen it and you you like this era of film like I really do and have have had a renewed interest in over the last couple of years. Really, mm-hmm. uh, these are it's almost like comfort food. The <laughs> the films from this era, it's the kind of thing you just put on at any time and sit back and kind of and whether you you sit down and really get into it or you just have it kind of on in the background, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And this is one, and a lot of these are easy to find, and this is one of them. Yeah. And one of the, like I said earlier, more well-known ones, whether people have seen it or not, I'm sure just about everybody's heard about this movie or yeah. heard of it. And it's one I, I'll, every couple of years, I'll go back and revisit. It's not one, it's not one of the ones that I will throw on repeatedly. No. But going back and watching it, it's kind, it's almost like a pleasant surprise that it's better than I remember it being. Because mm-hmm. it's been a long time since I watched it, and I. The last time I watched it was actually just a couple of years ago. I think I put it on while I was working on some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I enjoyed it, Chaney and all, but I really enjoyed it a lot more sitting down and getting into it and watching it, really sitting down and watching the whole thing. Uh, it's better, better than I remember it. I mean, I, you know, I can say that a couple more times if you want. But <laughs> <laughs> just to emphasize, it is, it, it is a cheesy low-budget movie, but it's not silly cheesy right the the cheese is is the alligator costume at the end yeah if that if you didn't see that or that or it looked different i think this movie had a better reputation yeah as just as a quickie b picture turnout Mm -hmm. but not cheesy right you know uh and like i said earlier too i think that's what really hurt the movie the vampire because that's a, a much better movie I really liked that movie. Yeah, you never hear anything about that, and that's a better mm-hmm. movie than Alligator People. I would say. Yeah, I agree. But the makeup for it didn't look remotely anything like any kind of vampire you could ever imagine. No. And it just looked like crap. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it didn't even like a. It wasn't even a cool monster, you know. It was just some crap like makeup thrown on. Yeah, over his face <laughs> it was bad. But again, like I always say with with this, you know, judge for yourself. Watch the movie. Please watch the movie and tell other people to watch the movie or get some people over and watch it with you. Always a good time. Yeah. Check it out if it's on YouTube or if it's on one of the streaming services. I think that's about it. I I don't want to over gush, oversell it because it is what it is, you know. Right. And it's fun. It's just a fun uh, watch. Get you some pizza and watch it with some friends. There you go. Indeed. Well, we have, what, one thing left to do here, Rob? We got one thing left to do. I have to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Yes. And you're going to hit me up with somebody or something from this movie, and I will relate it back to Planet of the Apes, a la Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, which we came up with this game long before that ever happened. So, hit me. Okay, let's do George McCready then. Okay, George McCready to Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Okay. George McCready to Tora Tora Tora. Mm-hmm. E.G. Marshall was in Tora Tora Tora. E.G. Marshall did the test footage as Dr. Zayas with Charlton Heston to sell the idea of making Planet of the Apes as a film to the studio. 
Test footage doesn't count. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, you don't want to do that? No. You don't want to do the one step. Okay. George McCready to... Oh, well, this is easy. George McCready to Count Yorga. He did the narration for Count Yorga. Okay. Okay. Robert Quarry to Madhouse with Vincent Price. Vincent Price was egghead on Batman. Roddy McDowell was bookworm on Batman, Planet of the Apes. How about that? Okay, that's better. You like that better? I okay, like that better. You can have that one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And I'm sure there's another quicker one through Tor, 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 or The Great Race that I'm just blanking on right now, but that there you go. That's fun. That was a fun one. Okay, good. Fair enough. Alrighty. You have proven once again the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. That it does. That it does. Uh, be sure to check out the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page. I'll be posting pictures, an album of pictures from the alligator people, and I'll throw the trailer up there and any other interesting bits of stuff I can find. And uh, drop us a line. you know, Make a comment on something there, and or drop us a line at the Phantasmo After Dark email. It's phantasmoad, all one word, phantasmoad at gmail.com. Uh, but the Facebook page, you know, hey, it's right there. There'll be pictures. Check it out. So that's about all I got for tonight. That's it. All right. Till next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night.